I asked Alvis, I said, all right, give me some of your impressions as a first-time attender, a first-time goer on, uh, on the Guatemala trip. And so Alvis said, sure, I'd love to, be happy to. So, uh, so Alvis Jones is going to kick off tonight. And uh, Alvis, come on. Let me mic'd up. Oh, oh, hey, look out. Albus is in the building. So rewind the tape, or for you digital folks, press the back button to February 25th. I'm sitting back over here Sunday morning looking at the bulletin. I think John might have introduced it, uh, that we were having an organizational meeting tonight over, we're going to Guatemala in July. So I asked myself a few, what I would call affirming questions. You know, those kind of lean forward type questions. How do I? What can I? When will I? And so I asked myself, how do I get involved in that? And so, fast forward to today, here I am, long-time listener, first-time caller, to give you a bit of my feedback perspective uh, on the trip to Guatemala this um, past July. So I've uh, oriented my talk around the letter P. I'm going to do an alliteration of sorts, and so I'm going to talk about the four P's of Guatemala 2018. First P being place, and I thought about this for a while, and here's my sentence. Guatemala is a place that will shake, wow, and amaze you. Let me tear that apart a little bit, shake. We flew in on a Saturday night. It was after dark. I've been to hundreds of airports around the world, so there's nothing too um, special about the trip necessarily other than maybe getting to know Jackie and Lloyd and spending some time talking to Bobby. Um, got on the bus, went out to Antigua. You instantly know when you are in Antigua, Guatemala, as the modern vehicle, van, car, bus collides with the large rock cobblestone streets of Antigua. Guatemala will shake you, and yet the shaking does not stop there. Intellectually, emotionally, as you spend time serving the people that we were there to serve, so that service to people, and for some of you on the trip, a little inside uh, story, even the plight of a small puppy in solo law. Guatemala will shake you. Lots of pictures that will be showing tonight, so I won't talk a lot about how it wows you visually. It's a visually stunning country full of, Gua uh, full of volcanoes and mountains and beautiful scenery. And it will amaze you, though, from a, if you're a fan of history, because um, from the colonial architecture of Antigua, to the rich Mayan vivid colors of their textiles and the beautiful dresses that the women and girls wear that are just beautiful, made of that fabric. They're clean, they're tidy, they're modest. It's a beautiful place. 
So anyway, we were on our way from Chimaltenango up to Solala. I think we were above 6,000 feet on this windy, curvy road. I think they've long since outlawed straight roads in that part of Guatemala. Uh, but I was looking out and I was noticing these little farm plots, little plots of land that had been kind of carved out of the landscape and kind of precariously cleaning, clinging to the mountainside. And I got to thinking, what would a West Texas farmer think about that? And I think it would go something kind of like this. He'd, he'd go, hmm, how am I going to get my 24 row, hmm, maybe 16, maybe 20. How am I going to get my John Deere tractor and my eight row planter over and up there? Well, the answer to that, the, the Guatemalan answer to that question uh, leads me to my second P, which is the people of Guatemala. Amazing people. A couple of quick facts. Uh, 40% of the population is Mayan, but more startling to me as I saw it was the statistic that, uh, and, and uh, it's anywhere from 56 to 59% of the population lives below the poverty line. Let that soak in for a minute. But, and then it may be as high as 20% extreme poverty. So it's a place with lots of needs, lots of challenges, and lots of opportunity for us to go there and to serve. When I think about the people, they're small in stature, but they're sturdy and hardworking. They're poor financially, but they're rich in their Mayan culture and history. And in some ways... Uh, history has kind of dealt them a bad hand from government to wars to natural disasters. But as best I can tell and all the interaction I had with the folks there, they're an aspirational bunch. They, hope the, they, they want the best for their families and for their kids. So what an honor it was to be in such a beautiful place and to serve such a deserving people. So back to our West Texans question, I think the Guatemalan farmer's answer would go something like this. Two hands, two feet, and a strong back can work any field. And oh, by the way, if you have a large wicker basket, you can put the entire crop in it, and a Mayan woman can take that thing to town, perched, balanced, precariously on top of her head. Wonderful scenery and wonderful place to go. So the second group of people I'd like to brag on a little bit, um, another P is the, I'll call them the P squareds, it's the Preston Crest folks, the folks, the team here assembled tonight that went on the trip, along with some brothers and sisters from other congregations and other Christians from the area. Um, we were one group made up of many individuals with lots of skills, had doctors, nurses, teachers, um, translators, um, construction folks, some of the youth and their unique ability to, trans, to uh, relate to the children of Guatemala. So here we were, we were one group, one team, lots of members, one group, one body, lots of members, lots of skills, lots of spiritual gifts. Does that remind you of anything? The Apostle Paul in Romans 12, 
use that exact analogy to talk about the church and that we are one body and yet we're made up of many members with our own unique skills and specifically he was talking about spiritual gifts. So let me go to that list real quick. The list uh, starts off with the gift of prophecy. I'll come back to that one. He goes on, he talks about serving, teaching, encouraging, giving, leadership, and showing mercy. I can't think of any time in my life when I've been able to go to such a beautiful place, serve such a deserving people, and see, have a front row seat to see all the gifts, the spiritual gifts of Romans 12 play out right in front of my face over the course of seven days. Thank you, team, for that. It was a blessing to my life. Um, Oh, back to that gift of prophecy. That one even came up several times as well. Several times I heard, Alvis, Alvis Brent, if you drink that tap water, Leads me to my third P, which is process or plan. Nothing like this happens without a detailed plan and lots of leadership, um, both here in Dallas and in the country. Lots of coordination back and forth. You think about getting the medic- medica- uh, pills and pill packing and getting all the teams filled out with the right skill sets and um, logistics of moving us here and there and all that. So that none of that happens without strong leadership and a good plan. So I'd like to hit the pause button and say, John, brother, thank you for your leadership. So I'll end with some personal reflections, some thoughts, maybe a little bit of an exhortation for the crowd. Um, I needed this trip uh, to Guatemala in 2018. I want to go back to that statistic of well over half of the population lives below the poverty line. Um, I had become pretty complacent as it relates to how richly acknowledging how richly God has blessed me and even us as a collective body here in North Texas and in these United States. God's blessed us with family and friends and materials, materially with opportunities for work and education, uh, irrespective of cable news, stable government, health care, on and on and on, the, the conveniences of life here. I needed this trip to be kind of a wake-up call for me to see how richly God's blessed us and to acknowledge that. So I want to show one quick slide. If you can show that slide, my slide, somehow. This is a Guatemalan laundromat. And uh, I took this picture in Alatenango, um, Guatemala. We had gone out there on a Wednesday, and uh, it was the location of the village closest to where they were, uh, to where the Fuego uh, volcano had gone off. And so the government was, was kind of doing their relief efforts out of this town. And so I'm in the laundromat. Right over here across the street is a school. The kids have been displaced from this school, and they're now using that as a refugee camp. Right over here 
is a covered town square with 10 caskets lined up. With each casket, with a picture, with a name, with an age. And so it was in this kind of surreal environment of displacement, loss and sorrow that I took this picture. This, uh, what caught my eye was this, this young girl. She, she kind of seemed out of place um, amongst the older women that were working that day. Go to the next slide. There, or this, no, that, go back up one. Um, she also appeared to be singing. She also had a smile on her face. She was finding in this crazy situation, this crazy context, she was finding joy in doing the task of washing the family's clothes, doing her part to support the family. As I was preparing my thoughts for this deal, I kind of thought this kind of reminded me a bit of a couple of things came to mind. One was Philippians 4 where Apostle Paul is talking about finding contentment either in prosperity or poverty or any situations. But then I thought about it some more, and I thought really this beautiful example of having joy in this surreal environment was uh, in Matthew where Jesus said, unless you become like little children. So I want to think this little girl has really uh, made an impact on me. I think about how often I have a, a complaining, grumbling spirit about something. Um, and, you know, there's certain things that, certain chores or certain situations or people that kind of bring that out in us. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I no longer have that problem when it comes to washing dishes or washing clothes. I think about this little girl in Guatemala and I'm thankful. And so it's how do we move from um, complacency and grumbling and complaining to humility, thankfulness, and gratitude? Spend a week in, in uh, Guatemala, and it'll certainly make you humble, grateful, and thankful. So I'll end with one last story. Um, I'll give you the Reader's Digest version. Um, graduated from Abilene Christian in 1983. I was on the four-year plan. Yes. Um, came, uh, moved to Dallas, went to work, lived over on the east side, attended uh, Highland Oaks Church Christ. There was a dear brother, um, and his job was to get up and to do the announcements at the end of service, typically on a Sunday night, sometimes on a Wednesday night. And um, he, uh, he would always put a punctuation point on the entire service because he would start his presentation. Now, doing the announcements is kind of like the credits at the end of a movie. You know, the audience is checked out. Everybody's thinking about something else. They're, they're, they're well beyond listening to you. And uh, 
that this dear brother would start his presentation of the, of the announcements with an affirming question. He would say, aren't you glad you came? Or he would say, maybe another version, aren't you glad you were here tonight? Or aren't you glad you made it to the assembly? I always thought, wow, that's really, really cool. I really like that. So back to my bulletin I started off with. My uh, exhortation to myself and to the crowd here tonight is, Every time you look through this thing, you'll see that there's lots of activities going on. We're going to Guatemala. We're going to Haiti. We're going to Honduras. We're going across town. We're, we're teaching people how to speak English. We're having vacation Bible school. You, you know the list. It's in there. And you digital types, it's on the website. Start asking yourself some of those affirming questions. How can I? What can I? When can I? Aren't you glad you came? Aren't you glad you're here? Aren't you glad you went to Guatemala in 2018? I know my answer to that question. And as I look out across the faces, I see some old pros of this trip, some people that have been on it year in, year out, some of them more than a decade. They no longer ask that question. It's not even really what they think about. They've moved on. They're thinking about a different question. It goes something like this. When are the dates for next year so that I can get it on my calendar? Thank you. All right. How you guys doing? It's been kind of, it's been, I'll, I'll say, if, you, if you're not part of our tribe here at Preston Crest, it's been kind of a tough day here for us because we lost a dear sister uh, this morning, Suzanne Miller. I uh, got news that she passed away, so it's been kind of heavy. I heard that there's going to, tentatively, the service will be 2 o'clock Sunday here. Okay. But I was, this is what I wasn't ready for. I wasn't ready for these pictures to start scrolling and feel kind of another emotional, like, <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, oh, man. Good memories, but uh, just a lot of emotions because we had just a fabulous trip. And I'll say this. I, I sat here for eight years watching Guatemala Night at Preston Crest and the slides and hearing the stories. And then finally we got a chance to kind of jump, and, and, I'm, and we're very glad. I think all of us are glad. It was our first time. So me, Isla, our son David, and then one of David's friends from school, Chris. Uh, so we got to go and see what everyone was talking about, and we obviously rookies and feel like we got to watch other people do a lot of service. We served too, but, but really uh, we were kind of the JV team and getting to watch the varsity folks that really do a great job down there. And um, start out, I would just, I'm not going to talk for a long time, but I did want to say it was really cool to meet some, some new friends, to make some new friends. And Nigel and Ann are here and then other people that we got to meet that even Prestercrest people, some of them that we didn't know all that well before the trip. And as, as it goes on these trips, when you're working hard um, together and you're tired, funny things happen, you, you, you make some special memories, you have some inside jokes, all those things, and you feel closer together. Um, so we were doing the Lord's work, but it was a lot of fun. 
Um, uh, this trip is just, and part of it, or a big part of it probably, are the personalities that go, the people that go are just some wonderful, wonderful folks. Uh, so just a couple of things that I observed um, one surprise, so I was going to do some translating. I'll say some translating because my Spanish is not good. My Portuguese is pretty good. My Spanish is not so good. But did some translating. I was surprised. We got up in the mountain villages, and I, I made an assumption. Pretty much everybody speaks Spanish there and learned uh, once we got up to Solo La that, uh, no, um, you, you, could, you could see them. I mean, I could tell when they would walk into it because I was working in. So medical clinics, construction teams, and uh, food delivery, and I was in the medical clinic doing some translating, and you could begin to spot these people that would speak Kiche, that uh, they were wearing the very traditional garb and usually missing a bunch of teeth and just kind of had a certain uh, indigenous look about them. And so they would usually come with a younger family member uh, or a friend of the family who would translate from their Mayan language into Spanish, and then we would go from Spanish into English for the nurses and doctors that we were working with. So that was kind of a surprise, but kind of cool, uh, kind of to see that Guatemala, even though we think of it as a really small country, it's got some diversity uh, as a country as well. Um, it was interesting. Uh, I'll say this. Obviously, any kind of good work that is done, we celebrate, uh, but there is something very important about doing work in the name of Jesus. Um, he is the Savior. And when we do work in his name, and, and it is a work that is very much connected to him and his ministry, it has the potential to have a much greater, more permanent impact on people. And clearly, everybody knew who we were, why we were there. And it was neat, John Scott, because, I mean, you're, you're an old hand at this, but it was neat for me to see that we were working hand-in-hand with Brazilian, uh, Brazilian, with Guatemalan brothers and sisters, with local evangelists and people uh, there. So it was very much a partnership between American Church of Christ, Guatemalan Church of Christ, and everybody that came and was served knew uh, that this was work that was done in the name of Jesus. Uh, lots of, more than just the medical care in the clinic, um, a lot of opportunities to pray with people, pray over people, cry with people, hear uh, about their you know medical concern that brought them in, but sometimes peel back the surface and learn more. Uh, we had a, a, a young mother that came in with her son, and uh, you know kind of diagnosing and working on some of the normal issues, and and kind of got a sense that there was kind of more. Uh, going on, the just parasites and some, some nausea and stuff like that. And she began to open up that he had been, and he really didn't talk. He was super quiet, this boy, but that he was being abused by his father that had left them and was back home. And we got an opportunity to to minister to, to them and to pray over them. And uh, don't know what is going to happen, but I know they felt loved and cared for and supported. And that's another thing that I would share with you guys that's been really interesting. It's not kind of uh, just an airdrop mission project. Whoop, we did a bunch of good. We're going back to the States. No, this is really, you learn when you go down there that um, there are familiar faces that come back every year. And I would say probably for a lot of these people, this Preston Crest medical team is the primary care physician in their life. I mean, we are the best medical care they get, and they come back year after year. And so uh, a lot of folks know their names and other situations. And so it's really a relationship that gets built over time, and I was impressed with that. Um, another thing, and I'll finish with this, it would just be 
And I think any of us that went, and whichever group, construction or food delivery or the medical clinics, I think you would agree, there is a um, just a, a spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit of gratefulness there among the people that that we serve. And it is beautiful to see. And I think, as you were talking about, Alice, all the things we take for granted um, and how difficult life is in so many ways for Guatemalans, at the same time, they are such a thankful, joyful people, like the girl that was in the photo you showed. And in that sense, you know, I think we... We were the ones that walked away with the blessing. We were the ones that were served um, by, by their spirit and by their compassion. And some of it, honestly, I think there were some uncomfortable moments for us because, uh, because of how good we have it and how difficult their life is. And when they show this gratefulness, it, almost, it just really cuts to your heart, I think, like when we got off the bus there in Chimaltenango, and what a crazy, wild, busy day that was. I think we saw nearly 800 people in the clinics in that one day. It was wild. But when we arrived in those buses, there were a couple hundred people. They closed off the street, the public street, the city did, and they had uh, the city government had some tents and some covered area and stuff, and they all started applauding us when we got there, and that felt a little weird, um, but they were so grateful. They were so excited to see us, and so it was just neat to see that um, the Spirit of Christ was working in us, working in them, and the community that developed there. And I'll finish with this. Mark 10, 48, a familiar, or 45, a familiar passage. Just Jesus says, hey, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And whenever we work in, and it can be a a far-off place, or it can be friends speak across the street, but whenever we serve people together in Jesus' name, we are closer to the Lord, because that is what he is all about, loving on people. Well, it truly was a good trip this year. We had our challenges, and we had our triumphs. Some of the facts of this trip, we had 53 folks go with us this year. Um, 53 people on buses and, and vans and getting through the, uh, the airport. 19 of those 53 people that traveled with us this was their first time to go to Guatemala. And I thought, wow. You people are spending your money. You people are spending your vacation time to go and serve. I love that. So here's how the week goes in Guatemala. We... uh, we arrive on Saturday. We uh, go to church. We meet with all three of the churches that we work with and serve with and support in Guatemala. We support three churches, in uh, one in Solola and uh, one in Chimaltenango and then one in Antigua. And I think there's a new one actually starting in Antigua, a branch off. Uh, so actually four that we work with. But uh, those churches all gather on Sunday morning and we gather with them for church. And then Sunday afternoon, we have a small clinic, medical clinic, um, to serve those church people. 
We had uh, doctors and nurses. We had construction crews. We had uh, some of our folks were putting together food bags. You saw some folks that had uh, bags. Those were full of groceries that we delivered to families in their homes. Monday and Tuesday, we worked in Solola. We went up, uh, probably a two and a half hour drive up the hills to Solola, worked in a school, a large school that loves us to come because we get to see so many children and, and families. Thursday, Wednesday, we have off. I guarantee you after Tuesday night, after that work, that day, that full day of work on Tuesday, you're ready for a little rest. And so Wednesday is our, our day off and folks travel or folks go go around Antigua and shop and sleep or nap or, or take it easy. And then Thursday and Friday, we're hard at it again. Thursday and Friday, we worked in Chimaltenango and that was where we saw almost 800 people. I think it was... Uh, close to 800 people we saw them in the medical clinic and then Friday we were at the Antigua church building and that's where they had the people sitting outside in the street they had closed the street off well actually in Chimaltenango too that's where they were clapping for us yeah that was it was an amazing crowd an amazing crowd of people that came to us because they have needs Alvis asked, when's next year's trip? Next year's trip is July 6th to 13th. Next year, the youth group is going to be going with us. So we have another 40 people going with us. It's a great trip. It's not a hard flight. I encourage you to go. I encourage you to go because it is enriching. It will grow you. And you won't worry about so much that your cell phone doesn't charge right. Or that your car battery is dying. These people have so much joy. They have joy. And they have so little. So thank you, Preston Crest, for sending us. We had... uh, it was not all Preston Crest people that go. It's great. We have folks from Oklahoma. We have folks from Tyler. We have other uh, people here in, from the Dallas area or the Fort Worth area that go with us. Uh, so uh, you will definitely meet new people and make new friends. Thank you, Preston Crest, for sending us. That I could talk for 30 minutes, and I'm not going to. So uh, I'm going to just say this. Um, join me as we begin praying for more expanded work in Guatemala I'll be praying for that and I look forward to next year